we're going to be talking about, as Pastor Luke said, the third G that was vital to the early church being an unstoppable mechanism, and that is groups. It's doing life in community. You know, the story of creation is fascinating to me. You know, a, a, a few weeks ago, Pastor Luke was preaching on uh, creation, and we were talking about God and, and how awesome and amazing and, and powerful he is. And, and he, he was talking about how, how creation was uh, was was done, and, and, and the term that was used was ex nihilo, that God created everything that was created from nothing. Do you realize that? That just amazes me. That that there was nothing. He created the matter to create the entire universe. That's unbelievable. And and when you when you try wrapping your mind around that, there's a lot of things about creation that just fascinates me. One of the things that really is interesting as well is that as God created things, the way He saw it and the way He looked at it. It's kind of interesting. There's a, there's kind of a, a, a reoccurring motif. This, this term that God uses over and over again as He created all that was created. You remember what He said? The Bible says He created the heavens and the earth. So He made the sun, moon, and stars. And then He said, it is good. That's right. I heard a mumbling out there. Some of you are like, ah, is, is it good? No, okay. You can go with that. Uh, he, the Bible says also, he created the oceans. He created the mountains and the seas after all of that. And then he made the statement, it is good. He created animals and plants. He created the daisies, the roses, the fish, the birds. He created dogs. It's very good, he says. It's good. It is good. And then he created poison ivy. And he created Brussels sprouts. And he created spinach. And he created, he created cats. And he created, sorry about that. And he created LA Laker fans, you know. He, he bad, I know. Yeah, no. Even after all of that, God looked on it and he said, it is good. This rang out through the entire universe. And the first time that God saw that something wasn't good was when he saw man that he had created, Adam, and noticed that he was alone, that he was doing life by himself. Look at Genesis chapter 2 and verse 18. It says, the Lord God said, it is not good for the man to be alone. I will make a helper suitable to him. So God created Eve so that all of us would never have to be alone again. Now, simply put, let me just start and lay it all out right here as we get started. It never has been God's intent or purpose from the beginning of time for us to live our lives alone. God wants us to live life in community. That's the way we were created. It's been his plan from the very beginning of time. But sometimes we find ourselves trying to make it through life on our own. And, 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 and we say, we're, we're just going to do it our own way. And it's okay if I do life on my own. Let me tell you, it never was God's intention for you and I to live alone. 
and do life alone. Hear me out today. There's a great movie called The Straight Story. It's an older movie, but it's a story about, true story, about a guy that was getting older in life and he was wanting to heal a relationship with his brother. His brother lived 260 miles away. But the only way that this man had to travel to go to his brother was by John Deere lawnmower uh, tractor there. And so he got on his lawnmower and started the trek two states away to meet up with his brother. And, and, and the movie's great because it shows all of the things that happened, all of the different encounters that he had along the way. But one of the encounters is with a 15-year-old girl who has run away from home. She's pregnant. Her name is Crystal. And in their conversation here, Alvin Strait, that's the main character, he talks to this girl Crystal. He, he tells her about the importance of living life in community. Now, it's an old, uh, 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 it's an old movie, and so we have an old clip, so it's kind of rough, rough around the edges, but I want you to catch closely the conversation, would you? Look at the screens. My family hates me. They'll really hate me when they find out. You didn't tell them? No. No one knows. Not even my boyfriend. Well, they may be mad. I don't think they're mad enough to want to lose you or your little problem. I don't know about that. Neither do I, but... Uh, Warm bed and a roof sounds a mite better than eating a hot dog on a stick with an old geezer that's traveling on a lawnmower. <laughs> My daughter Rose is, some people call her a little bit slow, but, but she's not. She's got a mind like a bear trap for facts. She keeps everything organized around the house. She was a real good mom. She had four kids. One night, somebody else was watching the kids and there was a fire. Her second boy got burned real bad. Rose had nothing to do with it, but uh, on account of the way Rose is, the state figured she wasn't competent to take care of them kids and they took them all away from her. There isn't a day goes by that she don't pine for them kids. My kids were real little. I used to play a game with them. I'd give each one of them a stick and one for each one of them. And I'd say, you break that. Of course they could, Bill Easy. And I'd say, tie them sticks in a bundle, try to break that. Of course they couldn't. 
then I'd say that bundle, that's family. Notice that key line, really, of the entire movie, and it's an individual stick is easily broken, but sticks bundled together, they're hard to break. You bundle sticks together, and you create a family. See, and, 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 and you know, when you see a, a clip like this, or when you hear words like that, I, I really don't know what emotions that each of you go through. Each of us go through something different. I mean, when, when I hear the word family, it, it conjures up a, a picture of something that's beautiful. My family was a wonderful thing. I was walking the property today and it was just, I was just thanking God that he gave me such an incredible family that I grew up in, that I could know God and I could be a part of all of this. And it was just a neat thing and it just brings warm feelings. But inevitably, there are so many who, when we talk about family, it, it brings different emotions. Maybe your family was not that functional, maybe it was dysfunctional. And when we talk about family, your picture is something that brings painful memories. And I don't know about your past. I don't know what got you to this moment right here today in this church. But let me tell you something. I do know that God has a plan for your life. That's the truth. He's always had a plan. And he's got a plan today for your future. He's got a plan for you. And he desires that no matter what's happened in the past, that you could experience true godly community. And that you would be part of his family. That you would feel the strength that comes from being in a family that's the right kind of family. A family of God where he's the head. And where he loves us like no human could ever love us. Now, probably most successful and wisest person that ever lived was Solomon, King Solomon. And one day Solomon decided that he was going to go on a quest. He was going to make it his life's quest to determine what is human fulfillment. How do you get there? How can I crack the code to human fulfillment in life? He made it his chief objective in life. To find meaning and satisfaction at any cost. And by the way, he had all the money. I mean, he had more money than probably anybody in his day. And so he could pay for it. He went on every pursuit he could to find what life was all about. He tried pleasure. He tried achievements and wisdom. All sorts. He made all sorts of discoveries along the way. And then he recorded those discoveries in the book of Ecclesiastes. And here's what... He came to. Here's what he learned in living his life on his own, trying to find the meaning of life on his own. Ecclesiastes chapter 4, starting with verse 8, he says this, There was a man all alone. He had neither son nor brother. There was no end to his toil, yet his eyes were not content with his wealth. For whom am I toiling, he asked, and why am I depriving myself of enjoyment? This too is meaningless, a miserable business. Two are better than one, because they have a good return for their labor. If either of them falls down, one can help the other up. But pity anyone who falls and has no one to help them up. Also, if two lie down together, they can keep warm. But how can one keep warm alone? 
Though one may be overpowered, two can defend themselves. And he ends it with this great statement. A cord of three strands is not quickly broken. Now, when you came in today, you got a stick. I want you to take that stick out right now, okay? Everybody take that stick out. We're going to use our imagination a little bit here today with these sticks. Because this stick is going to represent you, okay? That stick that you have in your hand, let that represent you today. Just take a moment and admire that. Look at your stick. Just admire it. It's beautiful, isn't it? And look at your tan. You look so good right here going into, no, into uh, November. It's nice. You know, you, you're, you're, so, you're so strong there, and, and uh, that's, that's kind of nice, you know. You're so thin. That's a beautiful thing about these sticks. You may want to hang on to that, okay? It's great being a stick, isn't it? Now, as a stick, the first thing you have to do is decide how you're going to live your life. And you have two choices. You can either live it alone or you can decide to bundle with other sticks in life. Now, there's advantages to both of those things. For instance, the advantages of doing life alone. Living alone as a stick. No other sticks getting in your way. I mean, you're free to live however you want to live. You don't have to worry about what all the other sticks say or what they think or what actions you're going to take or they're going to take that are going to affect you. See, you don't have to compare yourself to other sticks, right? And how successful they are, how smooth they are, how good looking they are, you know? In fact, when you're alone, you, you probably think that you're a little bit better than all the other sticks anyway, right? And when something good happens, you don't have to share the limelight with the other sticks. You get all the credit. You get all the glory. See, you're all alone. Going it alone means that you can distance yourself from the other sticks. They can't hurt you. They can't complicate your life with their problems. Lots of advantages to going it alone. But there's also some dangers in going through life alone, right, as a stick. See, sometimes when you're trying to make it on your own, it's easy to get broken, isn't it? You can get broken, even snapped in two. And some of us here know what that's all about. But it's our choice. If we decide, if, if we want, we can do it alone. Or we can make the choice to bundle with some other sticks. Now, there's some distinct advantages to this option also. To bundling with sticks, to coming together in a group. In fact, that's what Solomon was telling us in this text. And that was his recommendations to us. And I want us to look at those in the time that we have remaining here. The advantages that Solomon gives us to living life in the bundle. Because when you bundle with other sticks, the first thing you find out is that there's going to be someone there to pick you up when you fall down. What a great advantage that is. Verse 10, if either of them falls down, one can help the other up. But pity anyone who falls and has no one to help them up. No matter how self-reliant, no matter how competent, no matter how capable you are in your life, sooner or later, you're going to get knocked down. It's just the way it is. All of us are going to fall. It might be because of decisions that we make. Sure. But it might also be because of events that are totally out of our control, in spite of our decisions. I mean, it could be like an un unexpected career setback. 
It could be you, you lose your job. You didn't even see it coming. It could be something like your health goes south or, or, or you may be a victim of a crime or, or you, might, you might get sued or you might have a family problem. There's a thousand things that can happen, thousand things that can go wrong. And, and there's no way that you can protect yourself from all of those things. In fact, the only guarantee that you have, and you can write this down, you can put it in blood, you can circle it, you can do all of that, but the only guarantee is that eventually something is going to come in your life that's going to rock you to the core. You can write that down. That's life. That's the way it is. And when it happens, let me tell you something. When it happens, you and I are going to need someone to stand with us during that time. Let me tell you, we're going to need someone that's going to hold us up. When that happens, we're going to need someone who's going to help us when we're falling apart. We're going to need someone that's going to encourage us and pat us on the back and say, you can make it and not give up on us, though everybody else has. We're going to need someone that's going to pray for us and remind us of God's promises and God's faithfulness. We're going to need someone that will help us to slowly get back on our feet and put our lives back together again. That's what happens when you bundle with other sticks. We all need friends. We all need each other. And if we bundle together, we find friends. People who can pick us up when we fall. And if you bundle with sticks, you're going to be there as well. You're going to be there to help someone else when they're going through a problem to pick them up. You know, some of you are in small groups right now. You're in community here at Dream City Church. Good for you because you get all of this, what I'm saying. Yeah, you, you, you see it because you're in a group and you, you see those people that God has placed you in that group to be a blessing to, to help them through their struggles and to pick them up as they're down. And you've seen it, you've experienced it in your life as well. And chances are that someone in your group needs a little extra grace. You know, every group has some people that need extra grace. We, Pastor Luke calls them the EGRs. The extra grace required crowd, okay? And you know, every group has them. And so if you're in a group and you're looking around and you're find, trying to look for those AGR people and you don't find any, guess what? You're it. That's right. You're the EGR guy. But if it's you, good for you. Because you've bundled with other sticks and they are there to help you through your struggles, through your trials, and they're there to help you when you fall. Second advantage to bundling together in sticks is when you bundle with sticks, you find warmth in your life. Ecclesiastes 4.11. Also, if two lie down together, they will keep warm. But how can one keep warm alone? You know what happens when you take two sticks. Let me get them here. You take two sticks. Now, I was a Royal Ranger. I wasn't a Boy Scout. So here's the way it works. You rub these together. They always told me if you rub those together long enough, what's going to happen? You're gonna, has anybody ever started a fire and just rubbing two sticks? One guy, that's Brett. Brett, he's done it all. But anyway, you know, I mean, you know, he, he's put 747s together with duct tape. So, uh, don't listen to him. But I've done this, trying, and, and I, I haven't started, but theoretically, if you do that long enough, you create enough warmth and friction that a fire will start. And what happens when that takes place? When a fire starts, warmth, gets spread around. And let me tell you something, in a cold, cruel world, how many of us need warmth? We all need warmth. It's the truth. Any of you have a tough week? 
Anybody have a tough week in your life? Not just this week. Some of you say, I had a tough decade. I got you. They don't just start when we're older. I, I mean, it's something we live with all of our lives. I remember when I was a kid, tough week. I was thinking about tough weeks that I had. I remember when I was a kid, I, I was a freshman in high school and I wanted to play football. I was on the football team, freshman in high school, okay? Don't laugh, it, it's, it's true. And uh, I played all the way along, but at some point I started resembling the football more than I did actually a player. So. I thought I was going to be big. My whole family are huge people. My, I got ants over six foot tall. My brother went to football, uh, college on football scholarships. My dad's a huge, he was a great athlete. Huge. I mean, this was my family. I was going to be big. I knew that. So here I was. I was playing football. And I remember we had one specific game. I was on third string by my freshman year. Okay. And uh, didn't get in very many games. I think the coach did that for my protection. But anyway, I didn't. So... But I remember this one particular game. We were up by like 60 points. I, seriously, we were up by like 60 points. So that's the only way you can get the third string into the game. So they, he said, okay, all you guys get in there. So we went out there, and my buddy, I was playing halfback. My buddy was uh, the quarterback, and he was third string with me. And so he said to me, if we ever get in a game together, he goes, I'm going to call your number every single time. Ah, oh, great. I thought he was just joking. But here we get in there, and he called my number. First play. Okay, Brad, give me the ball. I'm standing there. Now understand, the, we were playing third stringers against first stringers of this other team. Now, they may not have been good for our first string, but they were pretty good for the third string, okay? They, they, they matched up well. So here's this guy. He's like a Neanderthal man right in front of me. And so, I mean, he had hair coming out of all of his entire body. He was like 12, and he was shaving, you know. So here I am, and I'm... I'm looking straight ahead, and that's where I'm going. And my buddy gives me the ball. I go straight ahead. A guy picks me up. Pile driver, man. It was terrible. You know, and so I, I'm sitting there. I was just, my head was buzzing. But I got up. I thought, I'm glad that's over with. <laughs> my buddy gets back to the huddle. He calls my number again. I go, oh, no. So he gives me the ball. Same play. Same play. This guy knew what was coming. He was standing right there. It was worse this time. He just grabbed me. He took me and fired. And then the whole team jumped on me. It was a terrible thing. So here I am. I go back to the huddle. And I'm thinking, no way is he going to do this again. Sure enough, the third time, he calls my number. And so this time, thank heavens, it was not up the middle. It was a sweep. So he pitched me the ball. I went around the corner. And I was... I, I'm telling you, it was a beautiful thing. It was like a Red Sea experience. It, the, par the waters parted. It was beautiful. And I saw that I was going through on dry ground. And so I, I, I had the ball, and as I was going, I just got so excited. My feet started going, and my body didn't, or my body just started going, my feet, I don't know what happened, but I fell over. <laughs> right there in the hole, fell over. And then everybody just jumped on me. It was terrible. So I threw the ball down, man, I got up. And the referee came over, he grabbed the ball, and he looked at me and he said, son, you need to pick a different sport. <laughs> now granted, that may have been the greatest advice that I ever got in my life. <laughs> However, at that moment, it wasn't. At that moment, it hurt pretty deep. I walked on the sidelines, and I'm telling you, I had a big lump in my throat. I was looking for someone that would come and pat me on the back. I was looking for a friend that would come over and give me a hug. I was looking for warmth, 
in that moment. I could sit there and try to encourage myself all I want. I could hug myself all I want. Hey, have you ever tried to hug yourself? It just doesn't work. Your body, it just, it gets tangled in with itself. It doesn't work. There's no warmth there. I needed a friend in that moment to help me out and to be there for me. When you need a hug, listen, you need a friend, don't you? You do. I, I hope you have someone like that in your life. Someone that brings you warmth. Someone that when you walk in a room and you see them, everything it lights up. And, and, and I hope you have someone that you just look forward to seeing because you know when you're together, it, it, you're going to be a better person by being with that person, you know? I hope you have that. And I hope that you're that way for somebody else. Did you know that every time you encourage someone when they've had a hard day, every time you offer a kind word or a compliment, every time you give someone a hug, you know what you're doing? You're bringing warmth into their life. You're bundling with other sticks. And when you bundle with other sticks, you find all of that stuff. The beautiful things, the warm fuzzies that family brings is what happens when you bundle with other sticks i got to move fast. The third advantage that we see when you bundle with other sticks is that you're going to find protection. And this one's so important. You find protection. Verse 12, though one may be overpowered, two can defend themselves. Now understand when these words were written by Solomon. These words were, when they were written, combat, military combat was basically hand to hand. So soldiers, they went into battle with a partner. See, they stood on the line together. Someone that could be counted on. Someone that could be trusted. Someone that they, that they knew would have their back. You know why? They would stand back to back in battle. And while the enemy would come all around them, they would fight people off in every angle and on every side. That's the way it worked. They could fight off the enemy for each other. And in a sense, that's what friends do. Friends guard your back. They help protect you. They're, with, they're there with you when nobody else is. I saw this happen this week, and we have a group of guys that meet and staff, and, and uh, you know, this week we had uh, one, one of our staff members was just having a rough week, and, and, and it had some stuff happening, and, and uh, it was affecting the, their ministry, and then also it's just affecting their life personally. And so uh, they called the group of guys together. Uh, you know, the bundle of sticks. And we all sat there and we could see the stress and we could see the, the discouragement on the face of this person. And as we got talking, it was amazing what happened. As the guys all came around and started speaking words of life and encouragement and blessing into this person, saying, we're with you, man, we got you. Hey, we'll, we'll take care of that. We'll handle that. We got it. The encouraging word. Listen, you're, you, you, this is great. You're, you, it's going to do a good thing. You're, it's going to be great. And to, and to watch what was happening with this person, his face went from this discouragement and stressed look. It was almost like life came back into his face. It's like life came into him because he had a bundle of sticks around him. He had friends around him, people around him that were there to protect him, to lift him up, to have his back. And listen to this. You know, sometimes it's not people from the outside that bring the most damage to us. Sometimes we need the most protection from ourselves, don't we? We need protection from temptations that are sometimes hard to resist. You ever try to break a, a, a bad habit on your own? You know exactly what this is like. Oscar Wilde, he put it this way. He said, I can resist anything 
except temptation. <laughs> Pretty well covers it. You know. And often, listen to this, knowing that someone is there with you, is walking with you, can keep you from stumbling and actually falling into temptation. That's why we have groups like Celebrate Recovery. That's why we have these groups that help people that are going through struggles and temptations and habits because they will call up and they will say, how are you doing today? I noticed you weren't looking too good. I'm going to come over to your house. I'm going to be there for you, buddy. Whatever's happening, I'm going to carry you through. We got people that can say, come over at any time. I'll be over there anytime. I'm praying for you. I'm here to encourage you. I'm bundling together with you and I've got your back. I'm going to cover you. I'm going to protect you. That's what happens when we get together in our groups. That's what it is. And if you bundle with other sticks, listen, you're going to find protection. I can guarantee it. Another thing happens when we bundle with sticks, and that is we grow. We grow. Let's face it. That's our ultimate goal, right? Is we want to grow as people. We want to grow as Christians. We want to grow in our lives. Friends help us to grow. Solomon wrote in Proverbs chapter 27, he said, As iron sharpens iron, a friend sharpens a friend. Think of a blacksmith. You know, he takes a, a sword and he puts it in the fire. And he takes it out and he bangs on it. He puts it back in the fire. He bangs on it. And then he, and then he sharpens it and he starts making it for, for what, for its most intended, its most useful intended purpose. And it can be used. And it can be valuable. That's the way it is. Iron sharpening iron. I have friends that I meet with every single week. <clears throat> we encourage each other. We support each other. We're there for each other. We challenge each other to be better fathers, to be better husbands, to be better men of God. You know, be, be the men that God created us to be. We're helping each other grow. And we see that happening right now all over the valley in groups that we have here. You know, we're seeing sticks bundling together. We're seeing friendships that are being formed and people that are growing. In fact, Pastor Brett, Brett Williamson, what an amazing man he is in leading our group's ministry. And we are so blessed to have him on our team. <clears throat> yeah. Pastor Brett, every single week, he gets stacks. I mean, he gets, he gets emails, but you put them all together, it just eventually becomes stacks of emails from people with testimonies of how groups has changed their life. Living life in the bundle has changed their life. Let me read one of these to you. Our marriage has been transformed in the couples group. When we joined our group, we were in crisis. And we thought we needed counseling. We found what we really needed was authentic community. Walking beside other couples who face many of our same issues in a supportive environment made a huge difference for us. I am learning to love my wife as Christ loves the church. And when I look back at how far we've come, our past almost seems like someone else's story, not ours. We believe that God can save any marriage because he saved ours. And he's still doing a beautiful work in us. Isn't that amazing? This represents so many people. Yeah, it represents so many people whose lives are being touched and changed because they're doing life in a bundle. They're sticks that chose not to do life alone, but bundled together. And when we do, what happens? We grow. Now listen, <laughs> while there's so many advantages to bundling together in sticks, I got to be honest. I mean, if you know this. That when you're bundled with sticks, it's not always easy. It's not. 
You know, it, it, it would be so nice if every single person were just like you and me. They were perfect. They were sweet. They were nice. All of that. Healthy, normal, right. But sometimes sticks are needy. People are needy. And sometimes they have problems and, and they need help. And sometimes those problems get messy. And sometimes that mess kind of spills over. And sometimes, because every stick's different, they don't just line up perfectly. And it becomes uncomfortable at times. It's not always easy living with a bundle of sticks. But hear this. As I said at the very beginning, it's God's vision for his people and his church. From the start of creation, it was God's intent that we bundle with fragile sticks that we all come together to become stronger together. That's God's plan. That's, his per That's how he set it up. A bunch of sticks that are committed to picking each other up when we fall down. To keeping each other warm. To protecting each other. To making each other stronger. And you don't have to bundle with other sticks. Sure, you can go through life on your own. That's fine. And you can do that. But you are going to miss out on something that's vital and crucial to your life if you do that. See, our goal here at Dream City Church, our goal is not just that we would have the greatest worship in the world. Though, I believe we do. We are so blessed. It's not just, it's not our goal. It's not our ultimate goal to have the greatest preaching, though we have one of the greatest communicators, I believe, in the world today, and Pastor Luke. What, a ble what blessed people we are. But that's not our goal. That's not our goal. It's not our goal to have the best children's and, and youth programs. So I believe we're, we're trying and we're doing everything we can to be better and better, and I believe we have some of the best in the entire valley, but that's not our ultimate goal. Our goal... Wouldn't it be great if people, when they heard the name Dream City Church, that they wouldn't just say, you know, I know Dream City Church. Yeah, that's a place that has the celebration of Christmas. Oh, I know Dream City Church. Yeah, that's the place. Your church, yeah, that's the place that has the Dream Center. That's the place that has Mom's Pantry. Yeah, I've heard about your outreaches. Colorado City, that's an awesome thing. Yeah, I've heard of you guys. Oh, you know what our goal is? Wouldn't it be great? If when we stand in front of those people and tell them we're from Dream City Church, they say, I know Dream City Church. That's the church that, that loves people like nobody else. Did you hear me? That's our goal. That's what we want to be. Dream City Church. The church that loves people like Jesus loves. Let me tell you, if that happens, we would become unstoppable. Let me tell you, there's not enough seats in this building. There's not enough seats in this city. To hold all the people that would be coming if they truly saw a church that could love like Jesus loves. And the only way they're going to see that is as we love each other. And we care for each other. You see, lonely people, they're not looking for religion, right? They're not looking for religion. They're looking for family. The doctrine they're looking for is a doctrine of love. Christ's love that unites people together in community. One of my favorite pictures of that is in Colossians chapter 3. Here's the picture of a kind of, that kind of church. Here's what Paul said. As God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourself with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Bear with each other and forgive whatever grievances you may have against one another. Forgive as the Lord forgave you and over all these put on love 
which binds them together in unity. What a picture. God's chosen people living together in perfect unity. Sticks bundled together, tied together by the love of Jesus Christ. And what's it going to take? It's going to take compassion, kindness, humility, forgiveness. That's what he said. Lots of other stuff. But we're united in love. Perfect love. And the truth is, we love. And we are love. Why? Because Christ first loved us. That's the only way we know love. Is because Jesus loved us. And God's desire for us is that we would come together and be a church. And even more than that, that we would come together and be a family of people. People who have experienced Christ's love. Who give Christ's love to one another. And they share Christ's love for the world that he loves. That's the family that God wants for us. That's what he wants us to be as his church. Boy, I just want to stop right here. I know there's some of you right now and you're saying, man, that's the kind of family I want to be a part of. I need to be a part of a family like that. Some of you maybe have been estranged from the family. Maybe you've been like the stick, being on your own. You say, you know what? It's time. I need family. I need that in my life. Some of you maybe never have taken that step. I want you to bow your heads. I'm going to pray for you here before we close out today. But how many of you say, Brad, that's me. I need family. I need that kind of family in my life. I need to be bundled together with others. I need that in my life. I see what God's telling me. I see how he's nudging me right now. That's the Holy Spirit nudging, saying, this is what you need. You need this right now. Some of you maybe have said, I've been doing it on my own, and I'm tired of doing it on my own. I need family. I want a family like that. Lift your hand right now. Let me see. I'm going to pray for you. All over this building, man, we've had hundreds of hands go up before now. And there's hundreds going up now. Keep your hands lifting. Keep lifting them right now. I want to be in a family like that. I want God to restore me to his family. Just pray this prayer with me, would you? Just say, dear God, I ask you today to adopt me into your family. Thank you, Lord, that you have done everything so that I can have a relationship with you. And so today, I ask you to come into my heart, come into my life, forgive me of my sins, be my Lord, be my Savior, and be my friend. Thank you for adopting me and placing me in your family. I'm going to live for you, Jesus, every day. Amen. I want to thank you for watching this message today. I believe that right now as you're watching this video, God is speaking to your heart. God is speaking to you about a new life, a new future, a new hope. The Bible says that the way we connect with God is we actually call upon the name of the Lord. The Bible says, he who calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. It's almost like taking your cell phone out and making a call to somebody that you really love. You're making the call. And I want to encourage you to make the call to God today. And as you do, he promises to forgive your sins, to adopt you into his family, and to give you a hope and a future. So today, if you are ready to call upon the name of the Lord, would you just close your eyes right now? And just sincerely say these words to God. Dear Heavenly Father, just say those words. I ask you today to be 
the leader of my life. I ask you to forgive me for my sins and adopt me into your family. I want to be a Christian. I want to follow Jesus. So I give you my heart today. Thank you for hearing my prayer. Thank you for forgiving me. In Jesus' name, amen. The Bible says if you prayed that prayer, He heard you and He forgave you. So I want to say to you, welcome to the family of God. Go find a great church to be involved in. If you don't have one, come join us here at Dream City and we'll help you live out the Christian faith and grow closer to Jesus. God bless you all.